The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to A Gut Feeling. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, holistic health coach with a very extreme passion for gut health. I've made it my mission to help you get to the bottom, pun definitely intended, of all your digestive distress. My intention is to be completely transparent about what it truly takes to get your gut back on track. Hey guys, welcome back. New podcast today talking about our macronutrients. I'm sure you've heard this term. I'm sure that, you know, you've heard it tossed around before. Maybe you know what it means. Maybe you don't know what it means, but it's a simple term that has a very complex description. So I've been wanting to dig into this. A couple of years ago, I attended the Mind Body Green Revitalize Summit. If you don't know what Mind Body Green is, it started out as just a simple blog. Um, this guy, Jason Wacob, started it after he left the corporate world, um, being stressed and overwhelmed all the time, not feeling well, decided to get into health and wellness, started a simple blog, and it turned into a huge health and wellness movement. Their website has tons of classes, recipes, um, different doctors that contribute so that you know, you know, how your body functions, it goes into functional medicine, holistic medicine, all of those things. So definitely check it out if you haven't. The thing about that summit that was so exciting is I met some of the most influential doctors, nutritionists, healers, bloggers in the holistic health and wellness field. And I thought, well, it would be my goal one day to be a speaker at this summit. You got to dream big, right? Um, so, you know, we got to learn about the newest products, the newest technology, supplements, advanced care, and really like the future of medicine and how food, every person's message, no matter what diet they were trying to, you know, um, be specific about, was that food is the number one way to heal your body. And living, you know, about 70 to 80% plant-based lifestyle, not specifically being a vegan or paleo or keto or any of those things, but just being more veggie forward, whatever comes from the earth and around the outside of the grocery store is the number one way to heal your body. It's the anti-inflammatory way. So 
you know, at events like this, you get to meet really cool people, but you also get to see their view, listen to their view on things and um, how they heal their bodies. A lot of these people have had struggling, you know, um, past just like I have. And really, like, you get to see how they heal their bodies and work through everything. Uh, one of my favorite um, topics that was discussed was the macronutrients. And so that's why it stuck so seriously with me along the way. So I got, um, you know, events like this, you tend to kind of group off. I don't know if you've ever been to seminars, even in, you know, whatever field you're in, health insurance or a lawyer or a chiropractor, you go to these things and you kind of end up at the same table as people or, you know, hanging out with the same people. And I got to hang out. I had the privilege of hanging out with uh, Bridget. She's a registered dietitian and nutritionist. Um, at the time she was with the Cleveland Clinic, I'm not sure if she's still with the Cleveland Clinic, but she is incredible. She helps, mainly helps people understand their diet and inflammation at a very cellular level. And you can follow her on Instagram at beingbridget, B-R-I-G-I-D. And she's incredible. And so I always kind of look to her for guidance. She was a great person to meet. Uh, you know, we kind of hit it off discussing theories on food and the future of medicine. And she was actually speaking at the summit. So I thought that's so cool. This is one of my goals. And I became, you know, friendly with someone who is actually speaking at the summit. But one sentence that she said struck me and seriously hits me to this day. And I say it to people all the time, which is this. If everyone in the world stabilized their blood sugar level, the world would be a better place. And like that, I thought that comment deserved a standing ovation, in my opinion. I was like, this is for real. And if you don't quite understand what that means, I'm going to explain today why stabilizing the blood sugar level is, is so important for function on a mental and physical level. And it can often be overlooked when it comes to chronic health issues. You might be saying like, oh, you know, macronutrients, calories, these kind of things, like why does this even relate to gut health? But our whole entire system is connected, immune, nervous, digestive, all of these functions. And a lot of it comes down to these three big macronutrients, our protein, our fat, and our carbohydrates. They are the essential building blocks and foundation for us being able to maintain healthy weight and have proper gut health and hormonal balance. And usually when I see clients, when I start with clients, you know, I'll, I'll go through things specifically for gut health, because that's really where I specialize in. And, you know, we, we go through what are you eating for the day? How are you eating it? How is this, you know, contributing to your issues? And a lot of times, many are either skipping breakfast or overeating or eating the wrong things that aren't supporting these macronutrients. And when we don't support them, we see a lot of disease. So here's how it relates to the body. When you have an unstabilized blood sugar level, okay? So your blood sugar level is very important throughout the day for you to have energy, for you to have strength, for you to be able to, you know, sustain function and, and feel full or too full or not full enough. Um, it's responsible for, you know, um, when it comes to focus and in other parts of the body, your blood sugar level needs to be stabilized at all times throughout the day. 
if it's not, let's say it spikes from sugar or too much food we overeat, or maybe we undereat, it triggers the nervous system. You know, we've talked about the nervous system before, the parasympathetic um, nervous system, which is your uh, rest and digest when your body is calm and digesting food and in a good place, which is where we should live. And then our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response, which, I mean, if you're listening to this in real time and we're dealing with this national pandemic, we know that the body is in fight or flight a lot right now, which can cause a lot of disease on the body. When that fight or flight is engaged, it sets off a myriad of signals in the body, causes inflammation, can cause our digestive system to shut down. Now, a constant um, connection or overflow of your blood sugar level spiking, this constant you know, uh, push for the body, it can also cause the production of insulin. Every time your blood sugar level spikes, it causes insulin. It produces insulin. Well, chronic long-term insulin production creates insulin resistance. Do you know what that is today? Well, creating insulin resistance is basically setting yourself up for diabetes. It can also cause things like heart disease, but specifically diabetes comes when you're creating so much insulin in the body that you have this resistance. Diabetes can be 100% um, dodged. You don't, just because diabetes is in your family doesn't mean that you're destined to have it. You can reverse, you know, and change the course of your action as it comes to genetics by stabilizing your blood sugar all day. So obviously there's a lot of health issues and signals in the body and things that can go wrong just by not stabilizing your blood sugar level. And it really doesn't only happen with bad food. I know that's what I've kind of geared towards here, but it doesn't only happen with bad food. Um, It can happen with sugar, white carbs, fried foods, but it can happen with healthy food too. It can happen if you skip a meal or if you overeat at a meal. We're going to talk more about this later as to what contributes to it, but I want to take you through the basic framework when it comes to this. So... With the macronutrients, the top three main health concerns I see for my client across the board before it gets to diabetes or heart disease. So the typical client of mine, I'd say average age is between 25 and 45. So hopefully I'm seeing them before any major disease has come up. But the things that they're experiencing specifically are weight loss resistance. So it's, it's where they're having trouble losing weight, even if they're exercising and dieting, those kind of things. Gut health and digestive issues, things like IBS, Crohn's, um, colitis, ulcers, or even just bloating, constipation, gas, diarrhea, those kind of things. And hormonal imbalance, where their periods are terrible, just debilitating, or they get migraines all the time, or they feel like one minute they want to punch, you know, the CVS clerk, and then the next minute they're frolicking through a field where they feel kind of up and down. And all of those are very connected. You know, some other things that can come up from it too are anxiety and depression. Because if you're not feeding your body the right nutrients it needs in a day, if you're very depleted from nutrients, it can signal depression in the body um, because you're lacking the nutrients your body needs to function on a cellular level. 
So I promised you that I was going to talk about the top contributors to an unstabilized blood sugar level. So number one, which is one of our foundational pillars, you guys know our foundational pillars, stress or eating while stressed is a contributor to an unstabilized blood sugar level. As soon as you start to stress and you signal to your body that you're in that fight or flight mood, mode, remember we talked about that digestion shuts down. Well, and then you try to consume food during it and it's your body's kind of confused. Like, what does it really need to focus on? It can spike your blood sugar level and cause your body to dump that food into fat because it doesn't really know what to do with it. Overeating is another reason why um, or a big contributor to an unstabilized blood sugar level. As soon as you put your body through more than it can handle, it will you know, try to digest the food as fast as possible, but it can only work so fast. So again, we'll spike your blood sugar level because it's kind of in this fight or flight mode. It's confused at what to do with the rest of this food that doesn't fit. Or, you know, another thing is eating something with a high glycemic load. You guys have heard of high glycemic or low glycemic foods, right? So even something like a really ripe banana can have a very high glycemic load, even though it's a healthy food, if it's really high glycemic and you're overdoing it in one, you're again, spiking your blood sugar level. Um, you know, eating late before you go to bed is another way to spike your blood sugar level. And then it's spiked before bed. So if you have a problem sleeping, it's most likely due to eating too much, um, fructose or sugar or anything that spikes your blood sugar level before bed. Skipping meals is another big thing. I see this a lot, specifically with female clients, where they just think, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. I don't have time to eat. They skip a meal. Their body is starving. They're not giving it the proper nutrients to function, these macronutrients to function. And then it goes into starvation mode or fight or flight mode. What happens at that point is your body is going to look for something for nutrients but it's going to look for the biggest thing in your body. So it's not going to take it away from your fat. It's going to take it away from your muscle. So it's depleting the muscle and leaving the fat. So you can see where that weight loss resistance connection kind of comes in. Okay, so how do we fix this, right? Our basic building blocks of calories come from the macronutrients, like we said before, the protein, which is lean protein, doesn't always have to be animal protein, healthy fats, not refined fats or, um, you know, um, refined oils and stuff like that, and then complex carbohydrates. So I'm going to explain each one of these. Each one serves a purpose for our body to function correctly. Again, stabilizing the blood sugar level, building muscle and having energy and focus. So let's talk about protein first, okay? Lean protein, and like I said before, it doesn't have to come from animal protein, is essential for growth, tissue repair, and immune function. Again, if you're listening to this in real time, we're talking about immune function, we're talking about supporting our immune system throughout this pandemic, it's really important to get an adequate amount of protein intake to preserve your lean muscle mass, to feel, to fuel your body, to, to maintain muscle in your body, even when you're not working out. And then specifically when carbohydrates are not available, the body can use the protein as the last resort for fuel, fuel too. 
So again, also protein is full of amino acids. To function, our body needs these essential amino acids to build tissue, to hold muscle, and all of those things. And it gives us the proper amino acids and enzymes too needed for digestion. So that's definitely how it's related to gut health. Most, Ameri most Americans are actually consuming much more protein than their body needs, but in improper form. So the rule of thumb is that your protein source should be the size of your palm if it's animal protein, which is about four to six ounces, maybe a little bit bigger for someone with, you know, uh, that's taller, has larger hands or anything like that. Where can you get this adequate protein from? So, of course, we know we can get it from animal protein, meat, fish, chicken, turkey, eggs, bison, all of the different types of animal protein, eggs, you know, all of those things. But for, um, for specifically for uh, vegetarians or vegans, but also if you're a meat eater, don't count these out. You can get your protein source from things like um, chia seeds, hemp seeds. You can get that from, uh, you can get it from spirulina. Spirulina is a very important protein with a lot of amino acids that's very good for vegans if they're not eating animal proteins. Um, and then of course you can use legumes as a protein if you are someone who isn't eating meat as to use them specifically for protein. One of my favorite beans um, as far as it relates to protein is the lupini bean. Uh, the ratio of protein to carbs, the carbs are really low and the protein is high for a legume. So that's another one to use too. So let's talk about healthy fats. Our healthy fats are essential for survival. Now, eating a low-fat diet, you're cutting yourself off from a lot of the function that your body needs you know, what we need fat for, it's critical for brain health and improving blood cholesterol levels. So going on a low fat diet, you're cutting off those things like omega-3s, omega-6 that we need for vital brain function and keeping up good cholesterol levels too. It also provides energy reserve when we run out of carbohydrates. Again, another source for us when we are out of carbohydrates. But we're looking at healthy fats, the ones that are, you know, really high in these omegas, not saturated fats or trans fats from processed foods, things like avocados, and then healthy oils, like high-grade oils, olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, um, also butter or ghee. Ghee is one of my favorite things. Even though I don't consume dairy, I use ghee because it's removed of its lactose properties and it contains a high amount of butyrate acid, which is really um, good for, you know, restoring the gut lining and helping with gut function. Um, you know, nuts and seeds. Uh, again, we can put seeds in this category too, even though it is in the protein, it can come into the fats too. Chia, hemp, flax, those kind of seeds. And then, of course, dairy, if you do consume dairy, partial protein, partial fat, you know, to kind of count accordingly. Excuse me. Um, but, you know, it's good to have a healthy balance and to not overdo it. One um, definite stipulation that I want to make sure that I state is if you don't have a gallbladder, your gallbladder is responsible for digesting your fats. So 
not having a gallbladder is usually one of the um, reasons why someone like a doctor or professional would put someone on a low fat diet because you don't have that function to digest them or you can use specific enzymes. So make sure you plan accordingly if that is something that you have going on. So our last um, and important uh, macronutrient is our carbohydrates. But very important when I say carbohydrates that we're talking about complex carbohydrates. The, com the carbohydrates are the macronutrient that we need in the largest amounts. But hear me out. Don't go out and eat pizza and bread and all these things because, you know, JRW said I need carbohydrates in the largest amount. What I'm talking about specifically are, is the difference between simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates. Simple carbs include things like white potatoes, white rice, white flour, white pasta, you know, pizza, those kind of things that do not have a complex note to it that can sustain our energy. So when we consume food, and specifically carbohydrates, it's turned into glucose in the body and it's stored. We use that glucose for energy. So carbohydrates are the number one thing that we need for energy. But I'm going to explain which ones are the best for the best energy. Once that uh, food is stored into glucose, it's there for energy to be burned. Okay. So if you're someone who walks or works out or, um, you know, just you're a more active person and you're burning those carbohydrates throughout the day that's good. That's what we want. We want to use that glucose for energy. So you would probably have sustained energy throughout the day. If we're consuming more carbohydrates, then our body can actually get rid of, and it gets stored into glucose. And at the end of the day, you have not burned this glucose off. That glucose is then turned into fat. And that is actually how fat accumulates. It's just an influx of calories and carbohydrates and um, nutrients that we take in and we turn into glucose that is not burned at the end of the day and it's stored away. It's sort of the same like if you are working at a desk and you're getting your, you know, all your work done, but then at the end of the day, your boss keeps coming in and bringing more work on you know, to, to the end of your pile and just keeps adding it and you can't keep up. So by the end of the week, you have all this stored work that you can't finish. And so it's just sitting there, just like stored fat, if that makes sense. So I explained the simple carbohydrates. Let me talk about the complex carbohydrates that are the most important. We're looking at, okay, so first of all, vegetables are carbs and they are the best source of energy for us. We need to be eating at minimum five to seven servings of vegetables a day. It, it's hard, I know, to think about like, how can I even get five to seven servings of vegetables in a day? But if you try to, sh if you shift your diet a little bit and you start to incorporate them, you will see so many benefits, clearer skin, more energy, better digestion, so that the fiber from the vegetables will help you go poop more. Okay, it will get things moving. And so from that, you'll have more energy, you'll get rid of a lot of, you know, problems in the body. It's so anti-inflammatory to consume these vegetables, specifically green ones, right? Other good complex carbohydrates are fruit, very high in fiber. The best is to pick ones that are more low glycemic, you know, so berries are a really good low glycemic fruit. They have a lot of antioxidants, so really good for the body. 
sweet potatoes are really great complex carbohydrate over white potatoes. So you can do, you know, make that swap. Again, beans and legumes can be counted as a carbohydrate as well. Um, oats, using something like an oat or buckwheat, brown rice, quinoa, granola, whole grain, or brown rice pasta over using, um, you know, a simple white flour type pasta. You know, what's really important is, you know, a lot of my followers and listeners are gluten-free or thinking about gluten-free. Well, this is a big deal if you're looking at complex, complex carbohydrates, because sometimes people that go gluten-free can't have a lot of complex carbohydrates because of the gluten, but then they might consume gluten-free foods like a gluten-free pizza or gluten-free pasta. And a lot of times the ingredients can be comprised of simple carbohydrates like white potatoes or white flour or white gluten-free flour. So it's really important to do your research and make sure that it if you are gluten-free and doing gluten-free things like this, that you're doing things that are naturally gluten-free, but also complex carbohydrates. All of the foods I just said are completely gluten-free. None of them are, you know, have gluten in them, but also, you know, if you aren't gluten-free, you can do other complex carbohydrates like um, uh, farro, barley, those kind of things that are made from wheat, but aren't gluten-free. So you can get a, a different uh, variety of complex carbohydrates. You know, a lot of times when I'm working with a client and we switch to make their breakfasts, you know, gluten-free oats or organic gluten-free oats, or we do something with some good complex carbohydrates in it, they're shocked at how much energy they had or how sustainable it was until lunch. They say, I wasn't even hungry until lunch. So that's really helpful for people. So looking at this as a whole, we're talking about maintaining balance with our blood sugar by using macronutrients. To quickly offer you a solution for an easy morning breakfast, one of my favorite companies is Simplified Superfoods. I'm providing the link in the show notes. You can use the code JRWAPPROVED to get 20% off your first order. But just look at this as a whole and look at your day and see what you're consuming and try to balance it out a little bit more to balance your blood sugar, to get your body functioning in the right day. Try journaling your meals every day and see where you're missing macronutrients. Get that journal out, start writing your food down, see what you're missing. And in the meantime, happy healing. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.